Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Market Watch podcast by Amplify Live, where you can access the latest market insights with me, Anthony Chung, the head of market analysis and joined by our Head of Trading, Piers Curran, getting you up to speed on what mattered in markets this week. So hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Market Watch podcast. It's Friday, 23rd of July. And rather than being joined by our Head of Trading, Piers Curran, he has had a well-deserved vacation. So he's away, but instead, some might argue an upgrade Tim Duggan, senior trader of Amplify, has uh, just freed up some time this morning away from the market to have a chat with me. And what's going to be really great about this is um, Tim actively trades um, cryptocurrencies. And it's something that Piers and I very rarely comment on, but I really wanted to have a conversation like this with Tim because I know that for a lot of our community, um, they were particularly active in this space. Uh, and also, I spoke to Sam North, who used to be a, a long, long time kind of Amplify team member, and he now works for eToro. And one of the teams he runs there, and he he was saying that on eToro's platform, for example, it's almost 100% of the activity is in crypto and single stocks, uh, which is very different from the traditional asset classes that us dinosaurs uh, are used to trading. So... Um, Tim, how, how's it going? And I can see you're, you're joined by um, a little wee man there in the background. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the youngest mentee I have at the moment, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh, six, six weeks old. So he's, he's, he's already got his S&P tracker fund sorted. Uh, but yeah, good morning. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Um, no, it's, it's good. It's, um, I'm quite quite interested to hear then about um, your your take and your journey and and how you got into into crypto and I think a lot of people could definitely benefit from mm-hmm. your expertise and experience because um, as you know uh, there's a lot of new entrants to this market uh, and sure. a lot of heavy advertising 
bucks are spent trying to capture the imagination and the crypto is kind of a great asset for that. And so I just wanted to give people a bit of an insight how to best approach it. Um, but I guess what's most prudent to start with is, is about you. I mean, what your mm. background, uh, okay. first of all, into trading and then into crypto would be great. Cool. Uh, great. Okay. Um, I think my, my background before I came to trading, I've been in media and technology. And then I sort of went forward with that into technology investing and had a couple of startup companies, uh, one in the oil and gas exploration space, a technology company there. And um, then more fortuitously, uh, I was involved in a blockchain data security company um, in kind of 2016, 17, 18. And we ended up selling half that company to uh, an Australian firm. Uh, but uh, that was really a, an eye-opener for me as to what blockchain is. And, and this was kind of before blockchain was really sexy. And, um, you know, so that was really beneficial for me. Uh, but I've been aware of blockchain and Bitcoin since 2010. And I was living in Houston in 2013. And I remember a lawyer friend of mine in Houston uh, rang me up and he's like, because he knew I'd been trading, I'd been trading equities for swing trading equities for about 15 years now, maybe a bit longer. Um, just, you know, in the background of everything else. And he's like, what, what do you think about this Bitcoin thing? He's like, it's, tra it's trading about like $200. What do you think? <laughs> I was like, oh man, you know, and I was like, I was like a swing equities trader. So I was like, what are the earnings? What are the fundamentals? What are the dividends? What is this growth? Is this value? And then here's my mate talking about some wildest crap thing called Bitcoin that's like whipsawing like a thousand percent. And I, I, all I could think of was like, this could be, you know, a pink sheet penny stock sort of thing. And, you know, so I steered clear. And uh, so he, he put about 10 grand in back then and i think he still holds it he also wow. still works as a lawyer <laughs> wow <laughs> um but yeah so he, he's been doing all right and uh you know so fast forward to um about 2018 when i was trading in geneva trading so this is after it sold out of um, the data security company and i was trading prop for geneva and you know on a floor of about 30 traders and a couple of the guys were, you know, talking about how we could ARB Bitcoin. And by this point, I had um, the guys in there really showed me like a couple of cool things about trading uh, cryptocurrencies, like what were the best exchanges, how you could, how you could, you know, make make money out of basically ARB trading is where Bitcoin would be priced at like, you know, X on one exchange and Y on another and you would like buy on one exchange and sell on the other. And then when the price aligns back in, you just flatten out both positions and you're essentially what's called making the spread between the two um, brokers or exchanges. And yeah, you know, we were looking at stuff like that. And so I, I ended up getting a BitMEX account, a Bitfinex account, um, Coinbase accounts and got all geared up. And I was actually actively trading Tron, um, which 
hasn't really done that much um, since. But yeah, that was my first dip into it. And I think what was eye-opening, what was actually just really frustrating for me was I had quite a chunk of capital in for trading. And then when I was when I wanted to take some profits out and remunerate my accounts at the end of a month, and they said, well, you know, the minimum you can withdraw is 10 grand. And I was like, well, and I, th- I think at the time I wanted to withdraw like eight, five or eight grand in profits. And they're like, it's a minimum of 10 and the cost for, for withdrawal is, is, is X. And I was just like, you guys are just absolutely putting me over the hot coals here with costs and nickel and dime me. So I ended up leaving that exchange in a huff. <laughs> that was Bitfinex at the time. And I left some, I had, I had one or two Bitcoins in there and I left them alone and um, came back to them only uh, at the start of this year. So um, that was all quite nice to come back to them. But um, I had, I had actually transferred some of it over onto my Binance account and then was trading that off of other currencies. But um, yeah, so, I mean, kind of fast forward from Geneva trading to uh, you know where I am now and working with you guys um, I think it's it's been really wild and and to be honest my my day-to-day is trading futures and really I now only swing trade cryptos so I, I don't tend to look at anything less than a daily bar chart um, and I my my smallest hold time would be like a week maybe on some of these currencies so trading the crypto against a more traditional asset class i mean Mm -hmm. what are the main similarities and differences volatility man (laughs) volatility so you know if you're trading the spoos and the spoo the s p 500 that is and you know the spoos moves like two or three or let's say four percent in a day well you know you you turn on any news outlet and uh it's going to be like oh you know major markets are down today for xyz reason uh you know for monkeypox or i don't know whatever the, <laughs> yeah. the current thing is right now and uh like delta fears whereas you know i mean just looking at my crypto uh, charts here um well, it's quite quiet right now, but like Matic against the euro, it's up 5.3% right now. Um, like what else? What else? What else? Like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty quiet right now at this time. But, you know, yesterday, I mean, yeah, we did have a big inflection yesterday because of kind of the the Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey and Kathy, uh, Kathy Woods, um, Powwow Online, bigging up cryptocurrencies. But... And generally, yeah, volatility, like um, Ethereum's up 1.45%. I mean, that's, that's a very small day, really, for Ethereum. Um, so do you, get, do you get correlations between the different cryptos? Like you would say, right. when we're tracking normal futures markets, we're looking at inverse relationships or the relationship between the dollar and commodities and, and the S&P and the fixed income space. Sure. So yeah, like for example, Ethereum to the dollar right now. Um, I think overall Ethereum does outperform. It's starting to outperform against Bitcoin. Um, however, 
you know, if you have a strong dollar environment over the last, which is what we've had over what the last like two, three weeks, um, that's not going to help out your Ethereum to the USD, you know, pair, right? I mean, um, so that's why actually, even though we have had a very strong dollar environment over the last two weeks, um, Ethereum hasn't, I mean, yeah, it's been coming off quite a bit, right? But it retraced pretty much the last two weeks of downside in one day yesterday. Uh, actually, sorry, two days ago, right? So, you know, if you see that dollar now starting to meet resistance on the upside, you could probably then look to the Ethereum to USD market. And, you know, maybe you want to look for longs or maybe you just want to sit sit on the, on the sidelines for a day or two and see, is that weakness in the Dixie having a read across effect? You know, it's like any correlated market. It's correlated until it isn't, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I do see it a small bit, but, um, as I monitor these things, you know, on a daily basis, like I'm trading futures markets on a daily basis. Like if we have like a big update in gold, I'll kind of go to see is Bitcoin also kind of taking a bit of a risk off, uh, move on the upside here. And no, I haven't seen that correlation, you know, Bitcoin being a risk off product. There's been a lot of talk about that. Mm. I think, you know, the long-term long holders in Bitcoin would love to like, you know, just tell you that story all day long. <laughs> I mean, you know, but um, no, I have, I haven't seen traditional correlations that are, you know, from Bitcoin to traditional uh, futures markets, like, you know, CME listed products. Right. Mm. And so, and so what, the main thing that the difference then characteristically is, is volatility. But for a new trader and, and mindful of that most of the people um, that are trading crypto are new traders, mm -hmm. what's, what's the kind of best steps for them get coming into that market and, and learning their, their kind of the stripes, if you like, to get used to that product and the, how to manage the risk? What's, what's the best approach right. in, in your mind? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the amazing thing is that the most simple analysis techniques work really, really, really well on, on a lot of these um, markets. And they work even better if you take a bigger view, like look, looking at daily bars, looking at weekly bars, you know, finding your ranges, finding your key support, key resistance, you know, the, the stuff that we, we kind of teach. Um, and amplify like one-on-one sort of stuff, you know, um, like really just finding that key support and resistance. Um, if you, if you pull up the daily bars on a lot of these products and just kind of look at the chart until you can see key inflection areas, um, a lot of these products are really trading them. I mean, Matic yesterday, Matic to the Euro, actually two days ago, just, or three days ago, sorry, just came down to the bottom of this range at spot 5581s and just pinged off the bottom and went to the went straight to the top of the range the following day it, that's that's uh that's a lovely lovely little setup that you can you can make quite a lot on just looking at my chart i mean the calculation or the, the top to bottom percentile move uh that's a 46 percent move on that market wow <laughs> you know i mean you know what are you going to do go to the go to the post office and get your uh negative 1.25 interest rate you know on your savings or do you want to do 46 percent by just kind of sitting and waiting for the best trade right you know 
so how i mean how what's how often does um i mean in terms of the fundamentals yeah. and and i know we've spoken about this before how you know there's when you're when you're trading a, a product like oil for example mm. there's a lot of variables to manage from geopolitics opec to supply right. to many other things and so with then cryptos is it in a way slightly easier to manage because it's a little bit that there isn't so many of that nuanced undefinable metrics uh, right. that fundamentals can often yeah. bring you do know i love my oil anthony uh, <laughs> and yeah oil is probably to, to understand the fundamental and technical on oil is uh it's not easy and it takes time and experience um but and that's kind of where I, I love trading oil it's my key product and has been for a number of years but um no unfortunately on crypto i think if you want to if you want to become kind of subject like to the same level i would be on oil i can't do that for like these 10 products i'm looking at on cryptos i can generally understand the blockchain and DeFi, decentralized finance space and who are the winners and who are who are the likely winners and who are the likely losers um but you know then if i kind of dip into say our crypto channel like richard in there for example is is an absolute absolute like fountain of knowledge about all of these minutiae fundamental details about all these different coins and that's where he's happy to be and he's plugged into that space quite well and yeah, you can go, you know, I think if you're starting out, you should definitely, if you're, if you're going to trade a product, it definitely like as in swing trading a product, you're going to have to have a fundamental view and you can go and read the white papers about that blockchain network, like, uh, you know, Cardano or Stellar or HBAR or, you know, Link, right. And understand, you got to understand, are these smart contracts? Are they DeFi contracts? Are they both um, or are they like just a meme, uh, a meme network? Um, you know, I think you, you should start off by understanding like the fundamentals of is this a smart contract or not? And then is this a DeFi space uh, coin or not? What's the liquidity? And I think the best thing you can do to kind of steer yourself out of trouble is to really only trade like the top 10 um, top 10 liquidity coins and that's listed on coinbase on the homepage. you know what are the top 10 liquidity coins and and um and and just to explain to just to explain to people like what uh, i mean i know but for the benefit of everyone else we, what what does liquidity give you as a trader right sorry so uh the most important thing when you're trading is being able to get in and get out of the trade there's nothing worse than being in a trade and it's on side and you can't get out of the trade. And then lo and behold, because there's no liquidity, there's no one there on the other side of what we call the book is in the market. There's no one there to take the other side of your bet. You can't get out. Right. And so, um, you want a market that's really liquid, right? I mean, a very illiquid market would be like, um, Oh, uh, well, I know you were talking about the Russian ruble before. Sorry, Will <laughs> pulled up an example of the Russian ruble before, and then it was extremely liquid. But um, like uh, lumber, 
for example, would be very light in, in liquidity versus the S&P 500, right? The number of contracts traded per day, or, you know, if you're going to be trading energy, oil, like WTIR Brent is a very liquid market, right? You're, you're trading physical barrels of oil for delivery today or, or in 30 days, um, versus if you're looking at gasoline, um, it's a derivative product, right? And it's a slightly less liquid, well, it's actually, a, it's a grossly less liquid market than WTI. So, so that means that you get these huge gaps between the trade. So if you buy it at say, let's say uh, like a, a figure of two and you wanna get out at two spot nine and the market moves up to two spot nine and then suddenly the spread widens to two spot four by, by, by three and you're right. Okay. You can get out at maybe three or sorry, you, you, sorry, you can only get, if you're long in that market, you can only get out at 2.4, not, not at three, because if you, if you do interact with the market at the higher figure at three, you have to be a seller. Right. So anyway, we're getting into the minutia of liquidity here, but, um, yeah, you want to trade highly liquid markets and there are some very light volume markets in, um, in crypto. Like if you go into you know the meme coins and really but pre presumably a lot of people get drawn into the low liquidity coins though for the pump oh, and dump situation absolutely. and that, that that must be deadly often <laughs> absolutely some of these meme coins um yeah the and you know they they get sucked in because you know some broker letter has gone out or you know some add-on on their Google or eTaro. Well, I don't want to talk about eTaro. <laughs> what ads that, you know, they wouldn't do an ad like that. Never, never, never. But they, <laughs> but yeah, they'd say, oh, like, um, you know, XYZ coin is up like a thousand percent yesterday, or even like Matic up 50% on the week, right? You too could make 50% this week. Uh, and then you pile, okay, Matic is very liquid, but if it's like some XYZ meme coin, meme token, uh, yeah, the, the, the moves can be really wild. I'm, tra I'm trading an oil company the last couple of weeks, ADA Energy. And um, at the very start, when I started trading it in like kind of February, uh, it was quite a liquid in there. And now like this, this like in a low volume market, there's a million contracts on the bid. It's probably like a million by a million um, is the bid offer. So it's, it's quite liquid now. Mm. Um, Okay. But anyway, yeah, we're getting a little off piece here with that, but <laughs> I would say, you know, go with the top 10 uh, most traded coins and that, and that's most liquidity. Okay. And then yeah. uh, you mentioned to me before in, in conversation that you were working um, with a team on an algorithmic project. And I just wonder if you could uh, explain that a little bit further, because by way of you talking about the relevance mm. of technicals in cryptos does kind of, again, stokes my interest in that sounds like a more uh, effective having a quant approach rather than a discretionary approach to a certain respect. Is that, is that true or not? Um, I think, yeah. Um, look, I, th I think a lot of traders would be really happy if they could be a lot more systematic with their, with their trading full stop. Um, but um, yeah, working with a team of quants um, that are essentially mimicking the way I trade on the intraday and on swing. And so 
that from that is derived a couple of different algorithms that work as an as a single entity sort of single mind if you like it's it's using artificial intelligence but um that's kind of first port of call for for those algos is is the futures markets like particularly oil and um but about i think it was late last year i think it was october november last year i was working with two other quants um on looking at crypto and um there's these services like uh, crypto hopper and and so on and so forth where essentially you can go in and you can like browse a menu of different available algorithms that are either like scalping strategy all the way through to swing strategy and so a scalper strategy for those of you who are who are not familiar with scalping is kind of like it's like a trading a lot high frequency trading like you're doing a lot of trading um not to be confused with actual hft trading which is like you know you're doing eight thousand trades a second um but um this is more just you like you you might do like um 50 trades in a day and you're only taking like very small profits out of each trade right and so you so that's scalping whereas then you have swing which is like you know i'm i'm, I'm like buying it today and uh, and i think it's going to go up like you know 100 over the next month or year or whatever and so you're really you know taking a much more fundamental bigger view right and you can go on to like crypto hopper and browse by all these different algos and you can see the stats um but what no one actually tells you and the the two quants i was working with had uh we, we were going to design our own algo and not go to crypto hopper but we were interested to see what was going on with these guys in crypto hopper and what was actually happening was they were just running their algos on sims whereby it wasn't actually ever subjected to real price action and what you call slippage. Whereas um, you think you're going to get in, if you're on a simulator, you can, you can get the exact price you're looking for pretty much 90% of the time. Whereas when you're on real markets, you get slippage because you, you might be looking for one price and then you get filled at another um, and that's called slippage. Or you might be a little late uh, to to a move, for example, to get an entry or an exit, and um, we saw these results were stellar. But then, when we actually ran those models and talked to people, traders who were running those models themselves, not one of them was making money. There, <laughs> it was. I was literally reading Discord boards with from guys who were running um who were kind of doing something similar to us like trialing out algo styles and they were like i, I bought this algo on crypto hopper it hasn't made any money for the last two months it's never made any money what is going on and so i'd like i think people you know to be aware of that because i talked to then some there's a group of guys in texas that i do some kind of equities trading with as well and one of them was like talking like he was pulling millions out of the market. And I, one of the guys I'm closer to, I said, I want you to go over to his house and I want you to actually, I want you to get him to show you the, 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 the broker, uh, the broker uh, feed or like his, his statement. Yep. And <laughs> he went over there and needless to say, nothing was found out. 
and the guy the guy did not show him the statement even though we're in a trading group together he wouldn't show him the statement and i was like right he was talking out his ass he wasn't <laughs> making money and he was just running it on sim and he was killing it on sim but when it came to making money it's a totally it's a totally different other prospect mm. so you got to be careful out there when you're when you're you know window shopping for risk adjusted returns as we call them right you know. Yeah, and so so the I guess the obvious question that someone would ask then, a curious mind is, well, how do I go about setting up then my own algo? What's the process of that? And I know this is a big discussion and with lots of detail, but could you give us an overview of just just the barrier to entry to that, just to even get that concept okay. into implementation phase? Uh, so when I started trading um, futures. Uh, I certainly looked at this from from a, a lone wolf perspective of like, right, I, I'm not an advanced programmer. I don't know Python or whatever I need to know to program this. And I think I was using Pro Real Times as a charting tool. And Pro Real Time uh, has a very cool sort of algo backtesting um, part of it. And um, I ran some back tests on a strategy and it seemed to work okay. Um, but it was a far cry from, from being a robust algorithm, right? And it was just more automated trading, like, and there is a nuanced difference in that algorithms most of the time will use some sort of uh, machine learning model or um, artificial intelligence models where it will kind of it will it will it will be able to learn from mistakes for example um and that's where really where the state of algo is right now in trading whereas automated trading is right if you get like a five day moving average moving across uh, above like a 20 day um i want you to buy uh, the market on the open after the close of the next candle right that's a very simple moving average crossover automated strategy right and that whereas uh whereas the the more advanced style of where algos are now is um sorry uh, the more advanced style now is um all right here are the conditions of where i see i i want to buy and i want to sell and then you say to the you say to the system look back over the last 10 years of data on this market and um and run that as a theory. And so it, it will then buy on these conditions of what I tell it as being low uh, or cheap or low value and, or an area, a good area to buy or good support and sell at good areas of resistance or where, when it's expensive to a certain degree using sort of standard deviation models and stuff like that. And it will run through the 10 years, like in seconds, and then it will give you a spit out of results and then it'll immediately run back and learn from where it lost money and reiterate essentially. And so you can keep doing that like in a loop for as long as you tell it to until the results kind of tend to become a little bit skewed to how the market performed over that 10 year period. So then unless you get a mirror image of that happening in the next 10 years, it's going to underperform. So, um, so 
it's a little more advanced than just kind of waking up one day and saying, hey, I want to be a trader and I'm going to go and program uh, something to buy low and sell high, right? Um, so on my algo team, I have uh, four PhD level advanced mathematics guys. So the, the head quant Joe uh, is actually now turned down a job from uh, Rolls-Royce aerodynamics division to uh, work on these on these algos so it's like these guys are they're not messing around they're they're definitely advanced sort of maths guys who are well versed in machine learning and and um so these these guys yeah. though do they come at this from a pure maths background with no market expertise presumably exactly yeah they they don't they don't even they're not concerned with buying low selling high they, they don't see they don't they don't care they don't know who jerome powell is <laughs> it well, must almost be um, <laughs> it must also it might be like quite liberating to have a discussion with someone who looks at the market in such a clearly numerical defined way rather than we're kind of polluted almost often by these discretionary right. views that we intrinsically have which is always inherently biased in some way shape or form yeah, but then you can look at what happened there, you know, um, you know, Scholes and Merton, I think it was, um, you know, uh, long term capital management, you know, that didn't work out so well. And those guys won the Nobel Prize for maths. Mm. They nearly brought down the US economy and they had to be, you know, I think it was Greenspan had to or Bernanke had to bail them out. Um, you know, I mean, that's an extreme example, right? But um, you can look at Gene Simons uh, from Medallion Funds, uh, largest, most successful hedge fund in the world. And they, they have a, a model that they run and they never mess with it. They never mess with it at all. Now you could say, well, they had a really bad um, 2020 and, you know, well, tell me who didn't really, right? You know, but um, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of, there, once you look at the markets, I think when you start out trading, you're kind of like, oh yeah, like I want to buy support and I want to sell resistance. And I'm looking at like 30 minute charts or I'm looking at five minute charts or I'm looking at daily bar charts. Whereas you're not really so much, you're not really so much focused on, well, where does this market, uh, where is this market telling me where it's this, this is too cheap at this area and this is too expensive. And I think for me, trading oil um, has really helped me to see the market in that different way and looking at the market from the perspective of auctions, cheap to expensive, expensive to cheap, or cheap to even cheaper, or maybe expensive to even more expensive, which is US equities, um, you know, versus I'm buying it here because I like I like the look of it, or I'm selling it here because I like the look of it. It's a completely different way of approaching markets, and and I that's as you know that's kind of how I teach and, and what I do with the mentees, you know. Uh, so I think it's a good way to, for for people to start out looking at markets. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, just to um, conclude, then I know everyone whenever they hear a crypto chat wants to know from the guest what's your what's your fave coin of the moment 
And uh, what's a, what's what's one that you're watching at the moment with a bit of interest that might not be super mainstream? Um, I don't know. I think yeah, one that's super not mainstream. I th- my favorite coin is Cardano. Um, definitely with Stellar uh, being a close second. Um, but one that not a lot of people, I think, on this side of the pond have been trading that much is Matic um, or Polygon, as it's now known. Um, and I mean, I actually wouldn't be saying this unless we saw, I've seen how technically it's reacted over the last probably month to two months. And uh, so I'm, I'm quietly excited about um you know what i have in matic at the moment um look i think it, it i think the for future now for for crypto it's an ethereum story it's not a block or it's not a bitcoin story um so i mean my biggest holding is ethereum at the moment but i do really like that's a close second with uh a cardano and stellar um you know there's just there's just so many coins out there really you got to go with breast and best in breed um you know to to really see yourself kind of straight for the start okay cool well with that tim thank you All very right. much and uh, for giving a bit of time this morning i know you've, um, you've had to pmis and other data out so hopefully you've not you've not missed too much um it's pretty but- quiet pretty quiet but uh, have a great weekend and yeah, we'll see everyone back for the next episode next week. All right. Great. Take care. Thanks, Dan. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.